it's a little dark and a little dingy outside, but the sun is shining inside. In your heart especially, I hope, this morning. In our Sunday school this morning, our fellowship groups, we were finishing up chapter 8 of the book of John, reflecting on how Jesus is the light of salvation. And we were just singing, Jesus' blood can make the vilest sinner clean. There is nothing you can do that Jesus can't forgive you. Doesn't matter how far down you've gone, you might feel like nobody can love you. I've, I've lost all my friends and I think I'll eat some worms kind of day. Jesus still loves you. Stand with me as we sing this morning, Redeemed How I Love to Proclaim It. for redemption and that just simply means that a price was paid paid the full amount that we needed and Jesus paid that price he paid it with his own blood and he paid that price for our sin and we could spend a lifetime trying to earn it and, uh, and trying to work but our works will always fail and uh, we're reminded that even you know, in our most righteousness that we are as filthy rags under the Lord but praise God that we are redeemed and um, I'm grateful that he paid it all with his precious blood that bought us out of the slave market of sin to give us forgiveness and um, I'm so thankful for that and and uh, to be reminded to be able to sing about being redeemed this morning I'm glad to be a part of the redeemed today and I hope that you are as well and I'm so glad to see you this morning and I uh, want to welcome those of you that are joining us online as well and it's always a privilege and a joy and an honor to gather together and um, I'm so thankful uh, for those of you that are here I, I, I got to be honest with you I was kind of down about the weather I thought man it's just it's cool it's cold and it's rainy and and uh, I just wonder if anybody will come to church but here y'all are this morning praise God and um, I'm so glad that you're here and, and uh, glad to, uh, to be reminded this morning about how we have been redeemed and uh, Jesus paid it all and you want to know uh, how valuable you are to God 
Well, Jesus paid it all for you. He died in your place. And I'm grateful for his amazing grace. And I'm so thankful that we can join on a Sunday morning, a cold, rainy Sunday morning, and, and uh, come inside and sing about being redeemed. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. That ought to put a smile on your face this morning. That's better than anything out in this world, uh, being redeemed. And uh, that's, that's, that's for all eternity. We have a home in heaven that can't corrupt. And we have an inheritance in glory. Our name's written in the Lamb's book of life if we've believed in Jesus. And, and we can say that I believe and I am redeemed this morning. And so I'm, I'm thankful for that. And I pray that you're encouraged this morning by that. And I welcome you. And, and um, I just want to um, just remind you that our preschool popcorn fundraiser ends tomorrow. So this is the last Sunday, you know, to take advantage of that. And there's information out at the Welcome Center. And you can certainly go through there. And, and there's some great flavors to choose from. Every one of them is really good. And I love popcorn, so I could take every one of them. Um, but, uh, but anyway, I just remind you about that. And, uh, and you can sign up for that. And, and if you want to try to get that in um, today or tomorrow, and uh, that'll help our, our preschool out. Um, also, I want to share with you, uh, I know we sent out um, information and, and posted it on social media, but uh, we do have a, a ministry assistant now. Uh, Teresa Cummings is now our ministry assistant. And uh, she's obviously teaching preschool in the morning time, but then she comes in uh, after 12 o'clock and uh, is in the office uh, in the afternoon, five days a week from 12.15 to 3.15. And of course, those hours will be adjusted in the summertime. She'll work three days a week. But I just wanted to just share that with you. And, and um, she was able to, uh, to train under Lisa for a couple of weeks uh, before Lisa's last day. And uh, Teresa has, has caught on quick and has done such a wonderful job and has been a joy uh, in the office. And I'm so thankful for her. And, um, and so, um, you know, if you, you call, uh, just know that if you call in the morning time that she'll get that message and then she'll return that call or, or email and, um, and she'll reply to that in the afternoon. So we have adjusted um, the, uh, the office hours. And, um, and in fact, if you look on the back of the, uh, of the bulletin, those hours are there. And uh, so I just want to make you aware of that. And maybe, maybe this week, just give her a call or stop by and just welcome her and tell her, you know, that, that you're, that you're uh, happy for her and, and wish her congratulations. But she's doing a wonderful job. And so I just wanted to uh, remind you about that. Um, also, I uh, want to remind you about our couple's steak dinner on March the 19th. Please go ahead and sign up for that. We've got a good number signed up so far, and I don't want you to miss out. Um, it's going to be a great time together. Uh, we'll have great food, salad, steak, baked potato, and dessert. And it's going to be a, a great time around the table and, and a good time of fellowship. And uh, I pray that we'll all be touched. Our hearts will be touched. And uh, Jeremy Merck, pastor at NARS First, is going to come and going to be sharing with us. just going to be a great evening uh, together for our couples. And so um, I want to remind you about that. Go ahead and sign up for that. And, um, and then this morning, as, uh, as we go to the Lord in prayer, we have several... Uh, battling health issues. We want to remember them uh, today. And um, it's so good to see Miss uh, Helen Talbert here with us. And she had a procedure and um, was not here with us Wednesday, but, but here Sunday morning on a gray cold day. I'm glad you're here, Miss Helen. We'll continue to pray for you. And, um, and I uh, pray the recovery will continue to, to go well. And I just want to say I'm glad my mom's here this morning as well. And, um, and uh, so uh, I'm grateful for that. Appreciate your prayers. And uh, Miss, Miss uh, uh, Betsy as well, and uh, and so uh, even Miss Roselle. I'm glad you're here, uh, also Miss Roselle. <laughs> uh, but but uh, 
But anyway, um, all of you, I welcome you this morning, and I pray, you know, that as we sing about, you know, being redeemed and, and, and about how Jesus is crowned with many crowns in, in just a moment, and, and the choir is going to be singing even in the valley, God is good, and we're going to be looking at Job this morning. We're going to start a series uh, for four weeks in the book of Job, and Job chapter 1 this morning, and many of you know Job's story. Even in the valley, God is good. The Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And I pray somebody will be touched and will be encouraged this morning. And uh, I'm glad that you're here, and I pray that God will be glorified. Let's remember those that are not able to be with us today, and uh, let's lift them up, our, our shut-ins. And uh, Miss uh, Jane Pratt, her information is in the bulletin. If you wanted to send her a card and encourage her, I uh, want to remind you about that. Uh, but I pray that, that you'll all be touched and, and encouraged today. We'll all be helped uh, this morning. Uh, by, by meeting together, meeting with the Lord today, and that God will speak. And um, I pray that you'll be encouraged. And I want to invite those who would to come and uh, join us around the altar. Uh, whatever uh, request that you might have, I encourage us to come this morning and, um, and let's, let's give it to the Lord and trust in God today and ask God to help us and to meet with us here this morning. Let's gather together for prayer. Our gracious Heavenly Father, it's such a joy to live. Thank you for life. God, you've allowed us to see another day. And I thank you for each breath that we take. May we not take it for granted. And just as your word tells us, God, to redeem the time, help us to make the most of all our opportunities that we have. And, and I pray that you'll bless each one that's here today. Thank you for each home represented, for each individual and family. And I pray, God, that you'll help us today. I pray as you speak, God, that we'll be open and receptive to what you have. God, I just pray for those that's not able to be here, those that's battling their health and, and uh, sickness, and I pray that you will touch them and help them. Lord, we thank you for your grace and thank you for your mercy. As we sang about just a few moments ago, how you paid the price for our sin, and we are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, and we're grateful for that today. Thank you for our salvation uh, through Jesus, and thank you for dying on the cross, Lord, for our sin. And we thank you that we have the victory through Jesus our Lord. And, Lord, you came and not only died, but you arose from the grave. And greater are you that's in us than he that's in the world. And I thank you for that. And Lord, I just pray that we'd walk in the light as you are in the light. God, that we'd be the followers of Jesus, God, that you'd have us to be. I pray that we'll reflect that light in a dark world. Help us, Lord Jesus, to, to be a lighthouse here in this community. We thank you for liberty first. I pray you'll bless us. And I just ask, God, that you would help us today. May you be honored and glorified, and may we be changed as we look to you and receive what you have for us today. We ask in Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. Well, let's take a few moments this, this morning and encourage each other, and uh, tell somebody you're glad to see them. Let's fellowship today. God bless you.
If you'll turn with me now, you're following in your hymnals to 161 for our offertory, Crown Him with Many Crowns. Yeah. 
Jesus led you to a valley of defeat. You wonder if the Father has heard your desperate plea. But there is hope in that rugged place where tears of sorrow dwell. grateful for that this morning what's so good about that glorious message and song is that it's true God is good and I, I believe I'm looking at a congregation of, of people that you've experienced that many times that even when it's raining outside or even uh, when there's difficulties all around it's been your experience that God is good. God is good all the time, isn't he? And um, John MacArthur once said that um, all sunshine makes a desert. And, and so, you know, we like the, the sunshine, the clear sunshine. Uh, but who wants to, to walk through and live in a desert? And I'm grateful for the rainy days. And I'm grateful for the difficulties as well. We can count it all joy, uh, James says, when we, when we face various trials. Uh, because it's during those times that we trust God the most and God equips us and we grow and He is faithful. He's always with us. And, and so I'm, I'm so thankful for that this morning. And, and I believe many of you here today, that's your testimony. Uh, God's been with you every step of the way. God has proved Himself faithful and true over and over and over. And I'm grateful for that this morning. And, and I, give it, I give Him praise today. And um, as we think about... Uh, living the Christian life and on our Christian journey there's going to be hardships uh, there'll be good times and there'll be tough times and as you think about it it really can be summed up like this there are 
three main characters in your life. And I want us to look at that here from Job chapter 1. So if you'll turn with me to Job chapter 1, I want to preach a message entitled, The Main Characters in Your Life. Well, who are the main characters in your life? Well, let me just say this, that the, the first main character is you, <laughs> right? I mean, it, it, it has to be, right? And, and so that, that's what we're going to begin looking at today. You know, we could go through a lot of old TV shows and talk about the main characters. Shows like Happy Days. Man, don't you miss shows like that? Happy Days. You know, the father Howard, the mother Marion, son Richie, and daughter Joni. Howard owns a hardware store while Marion stays at home. Richie's best friend is Potsy and Ralph. And then there's Arthur Fonzarelli, or the Fonz. He's a local bad boy, and he rides a motorcycle, and he fills his day with fixing cars and impressing the ladies, right? Nobody like Fonz, and uh, he could even hit that jukebox and make it come on just right. Uh, during the, the show's run, Richie leaves home to join the U.S. Army. But what about the Jeffersons? Man, I, I, y'all know I love the Jeffersons. Uh, we're we're um, moving on up to the east side, to a deluxe apartment in the sky. Moving on up to the east side, we finally got a piece of the pie. And uh, there's George strutting around. He loves that piece of pie that he's got. Uh, George and Louise Jefferson move into a, uh, a high-rise building, and uh, they've arrived. George is often rude, who thinks his wealth should get him anywhere that he wants to go. His wife is more level-headed and often cuts him down to size when he screams. Uh, and, uh, of course, there's the maid that was there that was pretty good, pretty effective at that as well. Well, what about the Dukes of Hazard? Y'all, y'all remember watching the the Dukes of Hazard? <laughs> there you go. Yeah, uh, some good old boys never meaning any harm. Uh, cousins Bo and Luke Duke certainly have a way of finding trouble with the law everywhere they turn. Let's see. There's there's Jesse and uh, Bo and Luke and Daisy Duke and and the boys nemesis Boss Hog, who's a corrupt politician who constantly seeks his minion. Sheriff Roscoe Pico train. <laughs> and, um, and so all these shows, and, 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 I, and then there's the Andy Griffith show. I've, I've kind of been uh, watching more of the Andy Griffith show lately. And uh, there's Barney and Andy, and, and uh, there's Aunt B and, and, uh, and Thelma, uh, and all, all of you, you know. And, and, and of course, um, well, I'll just stop right there. All these, all these shows that, you know, that we enjoy, there's, there's main characters. They certainly don't. Uh, make shows like this anymore. The question for us, the all-important question for us this morning is who are the main characters in your life? There's three different ones. I've already told you one that we're going to be looking at this morning uh, from Job chapter 1. And so let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask God to help us this morning as we see uh, Job's experience and as we think about our experience this morning as well, that we'll apply the truths that we find in the Scriptures. Heavenly Father, I thank you in Jesus' name, Lord, for your inerrant, infallible, inspired, all-sufficient word. I pray, God, that you'll speak to us today. God, as we think about the main characters in our life, I pray that we'll have the right perspective. God, that we'll increase our faith. We know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so I ask today, Lord, that you'll help us and speak to us and draw us ever closer to you. And may we trust you today more than ever before. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the first character that we find is Job here, but Job represents us. So, you know, we could say you, you're the the first uh, character. Look with me 
in, uh, in verse 1 of, of, uh, of Job chapter 1. There was a man who lived in the land of Uz, whose name was Job, and that man was blameless and upright. That's important. Notice that. The Word of God says about Job that he was blameless and upright, one who feared God and shunned evil. He was opposed to evil. He was a godly man. And uh, verse 2 says, And seven sons and three daughters were born to him. Also, his possessions were 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and a very large household, so that this man was the greatest of all the people of the east. Very wealthy man, a godly man and a wealthy man. Uh, verse uh, 4, And his sons would go and feast in their houses, each on his appointed day, and would send and invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. So it was, when the days of feasting had run their course, that Job would send and sanctify them, and he would rise early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. And, and thus Job did this regularly. So we see first of all here that Job acted righteously. Job was a man that shunned evil. That means that you know, he was opposed to sin and evil. He desired to live godly. He desired to be righteous. And when I think about shunning evil, you know, I think about taking magnets and turning the opposite ends together. What happens? You can't, you can't put them together. You know, they just oppose each other. Well, that was Job with sin. He, he was opposed to it. He was a righteous man. And the Word of God tells us that. A righteous man who feared God. He reverenced God. He worshipped God. And he shunned evil. We also know that he accumulated wealth. Uh, we all likely haven't accumulated wealth like Job. But even as successful and blessed as Job was, it didn't cause him to lose focus. Notice with me again in verse 3. Um, also his possessions, 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and a very large household, so that this man was the greatest of all the people of the East. You know, Job was a wealthy man. And we have to remember, though, that it all belongs to who? It belongs to God. God had blessed Job. And remember um, that money is not the root of all evil. It's the love of money that's the root of all evil. And, and remember what Jesus said uh, when uh, he was asked what's the greatest commandment. He said, love the Lord your God with what? All your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. That was Job. Job was a godly man. Though he was wealthy, he accumulated wealth. Uh, Job loved God. It wasn't that he loved his wealth more than he loved God. He was a righteous man. He was a godly man. But also, Job accepted ruin. This is where it gets difficult. You know, we don't, we don't like to, to focus on this, or we don't like to think about this, but skip down to verse 20 this morning in Job chapter 1. Then Job arose, tore his robe, shaved his head, and fell to the ground. And what did he do? He worshipped. Notice what he said. Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And in all this, Job did not sin, nor charge God with wrong. Now we have to, we have to be reminded of, of all that, that Job lost. Job lost 
uh, his property. He lost uh, his, his children. Uh, you know, we might say, you know, Job lost, lost it all. And yet, even in that, we, we fast forward to the end of chapter 1 in verses 20 through 22, and Job worshipped. He didn't charge God with wrong, and he worshipped God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. How do you respond to hardships? You know, this is, this is what I want us to do this morning. As we focus on Job, let, let's apply it to us this morning. The main character of your life is you. Here, here it's Job, and we see how Job dealt with, with hardship and how he dealt with ruin. He, he mourned, yes, he mourned, but he praised the Lord, and he worshipped during great loss and tragedy. What a great example for us today. No matter what, mourn, praise, and worship the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. God is always worthy of worship. And so when, when Job was tested, when, when Job lost, lost it all, Job proved his closeness to God. Job was a, a man of prayer. We, we see that uh, back in, um, let's see, back in verse, uh, verse 5. Where, uh, where Job would go out early and, and would sanctify them and offer burn offerings, even on behalf of his family, that they might have cursed God or they might have sinned. You see, Job worshipped. Job uh, prayed. And, and when, all, when everything, when he lost it all, because of his worship of God and because of his closeness to the Lord, he was able, through all of that, to, to continue to worship and to continue to praise the Lord. What about us this morning? You know, this main character of yourself and your story. You know, how, how do you handle adversity? Would you consider yourself righteous? You know, I think about this. God's Word says of Job that he was a godly man that shunned evil. God's Word is true. We know that that's what Job was because God said that about Job. Well, what does God know about us? You know, the community could say something about us. The community could say, you know, that, that person is a godly person, or that person, you know, they, they, uh, they make such a difference. They, you know, they're such a positive. The community, we can have an image of ourselves, and people can say, we can have a reputation. And our reputation is based on what people think about us. But if we were to see what God knows about us, what would that reveal? So as we think about you as the main character in your life this morning, what does God know about you? Is it enough that, that our reputation is, 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 is how we would like it and so that's enough? It doesn't matter if it's true. You know, what matters more than what people think about us is what God knows about us. So think about that this morning. What would, you know, are you, are you, are, would you consider yourself righteous? What about your family, the ones that really know you? What about the Lord this morning? What does God know about us? Can we say this morning, like Job, that we fear God and that we shun evil? Or do we embrace evil? You know, are we conformed to this world? Uh, are we more influenced by the ways of the world than we are our relationship with God? I want you to know that because uh, of, of verses 1 through 19, Job was able to respond in verses 20 through 22. He was a godly man. He feared God. He worshipped God. And so when it all fell apart and he lost it all, Job continued to worship. Job continued to praise the Lord, even in such calamity 
that he was facing. And he didn't charge God with wrongdoing. What about that? How's that possible? And you think about what he lost. Imagine losing it all like Job did. I pray that I would have that kind of faith. I pray that you would have that kind of faith this morning. But you, you are, we began this morning with the main character of yourself. What about you? Do you praise God? Do you worship God? What about you this morning? I pray that it could be said of every one of us here this morning, everyone that's watching online, that we are godly, that we worship God and praise God no matter what. When the sun's shining and when it's not, when there's storms and difficulties that we don't understand, even in the valley, God is good. I believe that was Job's song. Even in the valley, God is good. What about us this morning? When we're in the valley, is God still good? Do we still praise God and worship God and trust God? I pray that we praise Him and worship Him more when we're in the valley than when we're on the mountaintop. And we'll find that God is still good. Job worshiped and Job prayed. What about you this morning? The main character begins this morning with you. Are you godly? Do you continue to worship and praise God? Here's the, here's the thing. When we're close to God, as we ought to be, that'll make such a difference. The times that everything is going our way, those are especially the times that we need to stay in the Word and we need to continue to pray and we need to continue to believe and continue to trust God. Because if we get lax when it all makes sense, man, when that storm comes, we're not going to be prepared as we should be. Maintain that close walk with God. Fear God. That is, reverence God. Worship God. He's worthy. Let's love the Lord and stay close to God. And I promise you, it'll make a difference when it all falls apart like it did for Job. So there's Job. But second character I want us to see is Satan. Let's notice this uh, beginning in verses 9 through 11. Notice what Satan did. Satan accused. That's what Satan does. He's constantly accusing you and me to God, just like he did uh, here with, um, with, with Job. Look at verse 9. So Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge around him, around his household, and around all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land. But now stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. But you see what Satan is doing here. Satan is, uh, we'll see this in, in just a moment, in, in the previous verses, Satan is reporting to God. And I want to make that clear. It's not God reporting to Satan. Satan is reporting to God. And, um, and by the way, and again, we'll see this in, in just a moment, it's not Satan that brings up Job, but it's God that says, Have you considered my servant Job? This was God's plan. I'm sure, I'm sure that... Uh, Job didn't like that plan very much. And a lot of times we don't understand God's plan. But notice here in verses 9 through 11, as Satan is reporting to, to the Lord, Satan is accusing Job. Oh, you've just blessed him. Listen, you let me take everything he's got, and I promise you he won't continue to praise and bless you. He'll, he'll curse you. And so Job's accusing, or, or Satan is accusing Job to the Lord. But also, Satan attacked Notice in verses, uh, skip down to verse 13. Now there was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's home, and a messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing 
and the donkey the donkeys feeding beside them when the Sabaeans raided them and took them away indeed they have killed the servants with the edge of the sword and I alone have escaped to tell you while he was still speaking another also came and said the fire of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them and I alone have escaped to tell you now look look at verse uh, 17 while he was still speaking another also came and said the Chaldeans formed three bands raided the camels and took them away yes and killed the servants with the edge of the sword and I alone have escaped to tell you and then verse 18 at this point Job is saying no more messengers I don't want to hear it I'm sure but notice this verse 18 while he was still speaking another also came and said four sons and daughters were eating and drinking in their oldest brother's house and suddenly a great wind came from across the wilderness struck the four corners of the house and it fell on the young people and they are dead and I alone have escaped to tell you you see as Satan has reported to the Lord God says what about Job Satan says let me let me let me accuse Job here he's got these these possessions and you let me take those away his family his wealth you let me take that away and we'll see we'll see how Job uh, comes out we'll see if he's still he'll curse you uh, he won't continue you know and, and, and I wonder what's often said to the Lord about us Satan's a great accuser you let this happen to them or you let that let me at them let me at them God you let that happen here's what they'll do Satan thinks he's got us figured out pretty good he thought he thought he knew Job it's all part of God's plan though and so Satan then took advantage of the opportunity to attack and that's what he does you remember what Peter wrote first Peter 5 8 be sober be vigilant because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walks about seeking who he may devour in other words we should be alert in control of ourselves because Satan is prowling like a lion for the right moment to attack just like that he wants to bring me and you and all believers down if he could he wants to steal kill and destroy that's what he wants to do and he will do it he will attack he'll, he'll use whatever vice that he can he'll use relationships he'll use popularity he'll use fame he'll use pride he'll use alcohol and drugs he'll use money he'll use anything especially those areas where we are weak you think about Jesus the Son of God fasted 40 days and 40 nights guess what Satan did and of course it was the spirit that led Jesus it was all part of the father's plan led him out to the wilderness and there tempted Jesus according to his weaknesses you know he was weak physically but yet spiritually what had he been doing fasting and praying boy isn't that a lesson and that's often overlooked about that you know, we, we focus on how Jesus was in the wilderness and, and, and he was tempted but he didn't he didn't give in to that temptation but let's remember he was fully God he needed that 40 days and 40 nights of fasting and prayer and you and I need that as well we're only as strong as our prayer life when's the last time that we went without a meal 
I'm not talking about broadcasting it all over social media. This is a private matter between the individual and God. Lord, I desire your will and your way and to hear from you. I desire my spiritual life more than my physical. When's the last time that we just fasted, that we just sought God and prayed? And so here, um, Satan attacks, and he'll do whatever, whatever vice he can. Jesus had some things to say about Satan. First, Jesus said he's a liar, John 8, 44. Second, he said Satan is a thief in John 10, 10. He'll steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to, he wants to destroy your marriage. He wants to destroy your home. He, he wants to, to kill you. He'll do whatever he can. He'll, 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 however, he'll, he'll do whatever possible. He wants to do those things. He's a thief. He wants to take away those things. But the good news is, in, in John 10.10, 10, when Jesus is talking about Jesus and how he wants to steal, kill, and destroy, Jesus said that I have come that they might have life and have it more abundant. You want abundant life? It comes through Christ, knowing Jesus, staying close to the Lord. So, which one are we going to choose? Satan's temptations are so real and so strong. Every one of us, we've been tempted. And a lot of times it just looks like it would be so worth it. But remember what Jesus said about him and what he wants to do. Steal, kill, and destroy. Satan paints pretty pictures. But all the devil's apples have worms. He can make things seem so beautiful. And make it appear a certain way. But what is he doing? He's attacking. He wants you to bite. He wants you to take it. Take the bait, so to speak. That's, that's, a, that's a part of our life. That's a main character in my life and yours. There's a, there's a definite enemy. And he wants to destroy. And he wants to kill. You know, for the believer, the devil can't take away your salvation. But he can make life miserable. He, he, can, he can steal your joy if you let him. And so we have a real enemy. And we're no match for the devil. He's spiritual. Listen, Lucifer, Satan was an archangel. He was in charge of the music in heaven. Imagine how beautiful he can make things appear and how he can use emotions and music and all of this. He's a master. He's more powerful than you and I. But praise God, he's not more powerful than my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's the victory. That's the next main character. Wouldn't it be sad if, all, if, if the main characters of our life was you and Satan? That was it. Praise God for this last main character. And that's God himself. Almighty God. Now first of all, um, God was approved of Job. Let's go back to verse 6 uh, this, this morning. Verse 6. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came among them. Notice Satan is reporting to the Lord. And the Lord said to Satan, From where did you come? Now did God not know that? Sure God knew where he... Listen, God, unlike Satan, God is omniscient. That means he's all-knowing. God is omnipotent. That means he's all-powerful. God is omnipresent. That means he's everywhere at the same time. What a mighty God that we serve. Satan is not like that. Satan is a created being. Satan was, like the other angels, was created for the purpose of serving the Lord. There come a day when Satan said, I'm not going to do it. And so he rebelled. And a third of the angels rebelled with him. 
God kicked them out of heaven. And, and, and so Satan, you know, had, had free will, just like you and I have got free will. And he made his choice. But here's the interesting thing that I want to point out about this. When man, who was created in God's image, rebelled, God loved us and gave us another chance to be restored. How is that possible? Through us trying to be good? Through us, you know, trying to earn it? No. Through us trying to get to God? No. God himself came into this sin-cursed world. And he died for the very sin that, that separates us from God. The rebellion, sin that alienates us from God, God himself came all the way from glory and paid the price. We sing, redeemed, redeemed, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Jesus paid it all. God did that for you and me. We were created in his image. Just like the angels were created for a purpose, to worship and serve God, we were created for a purpose, to worship and serve God. We, we were created for such a purpose. That's, that's the ultimate purpose. But when the angels rebelled, God pushed them out. There's no hope. Never. No way Lucifer or all, any of those demons could ever get another chance. It, it's over. It's just a done deal. Jesus gave the death blow when he defeated death, hell, and the grave. And according to Revelation, we know that, that um, and in the end times, that Jesus is going to cast Lucifer, Satan, and all the demons into the lake of fire. The battle of Armageddon. It'll be over. It'll be done. We have the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. So the angels, they don't know about amazing grace. They don't know about salvation. The angels are... They kind of look into that. Well, you and I, when we sing Amazing Grace, they don't know anything about it. Matter of fact, in the Scriptures, uh, where we're reminded that, that when one soul, when one sinner comes to salvation, that there's rejoicing in heaven. It's not the angels doing the rejoicing. The rejoicing is taking place in the presence of the angels. Please don't say when your beloved loved one goes home to glory that they gained their wings. No, they didn't gain their wings. The, the angels know nothing about salvation and about grace, but you and I do. Oh, listen, praise God for His amazing grace. Oh, listen, we're no match for, the, for Lucifer or for Satan and for the demons, the spiritual world. In our flesh, we get steamrolled every time. But thank God for the victory through Jesus. And here, you, you see where even Satan is under the authority of God's rule and reign. Notice this in verse, uh, verse 6. The sons of God, they came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. They're given a report. The Lord says, Where have you come? So Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro on the earth and from walking back and forth on it. Well, we think about the fact that, you know, that, uh, that Satan is the prince of the air and He's not been cast in hell yet. And so he's, he's going to and fro, just like we find right here throughout the earth. Just imagine, if, if you would, if, if, if God would just bring, help bring back the scales from our eyes and we could see that spiritual warfare, that, that reality. We can't see it. It's there. We have a real enemy. And, and so Satan is going to and fro. Now notice this. 
Notice this in uh, verse 8. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there's none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man who fears God and shuns evil? You see what God says about Job? You know, later Job's friends are going to basically say, God's punishing you. You've done something wrong. No. Job was a godly man. Notice this. Job said, or, or uh, God, the Lord said, Have you considered my servant Job? Notice this. There's none like him. Wow. God said that. And again, I can't help but wonder, what would God say about us? Would he say such a thing? Uh, a blameless and upright man who fears God and shuns evil. Boy, that'd be good on your tombstone, wouldn't it? Here lies a man that was upright. He feared God and shunned evil. That was Job. And so here, you know, uh, Job's trial was, was allowed by God. The, the, uh, the main character, the main character of all characters, it was allowed. I think this is so important in Job's life, and it's so important to us to know that God allows trials in our lives. Of course, James reminds us, I've already mentioned that, that uh, we can face our trials with joy. God is equipping us. There's a purpose and a plan. We, we may not always understand it. And God's under no obligation to make it make sense to us. But that's where faith comes in. And so here, God allows this trial for Job. But notice also in verse 12 that there was, a, there was limits that was assigned to Job's trial. This is, this is also so vital, so important. Though Satan is a liar and wants to still kill and destroy, he can only do what the Lord permits. And if the Lord permits him, then God is permitting it because he has our best interest at heart. I've heard it said like this. The Lord has Satan in his back pocket, and he just pulls him out whenever he wants to use him. That's true. You know, we might think that you know, that uh, God doesn't really control Satan. He does. He can't do anything to you as a child of God unless God permits it. That's good news. Is our God sovereign? You better believe it. Is our God in control? Absolutely. The devil reports to the Lord, but there's limits. You might say it like this. Satan is on a leash, and it's a leash that God is in control of. And Satan only acts by the limitations that God allows. Well, that's, that's good news. Notice, notice again with me uh, down at verse, verse 12. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power. Only do not lay a hand on this person. God set that parameter. God set that limit. You can mess with him, all that he has. And buddy, Satan did just that, didn't he? He attacked, but it was according to to the limits that God himself. Now, we don't understand that. What about his children? Why did God allow that to happen? Listen, in life, there's a lot of things that we don't understand, do we? But we know that God's in control. There's a purpose, and he's got your best interest at heart. You know, we find great comfort that even though God permits trials and suffering, he's in control. And his purposes are always good. Matter of fact, his purposes are best. God's way is best. His timing is best. We may not ever understand it. I'm sure there's many of us with questions this morning. Maybe things that happened years ago. Why did you allow this, God? Why did you permit this? We're going we're gonna to see in uh, Sunday school. Now, those that are using the quarterly, I'm excited. 
for y'all because you're going to be in 1 Thessalonians. Man, I love 1 Thessalonians. I love that. But for those of us that are in the Gospel of John, um, we're, we're, going to, we're going to be focusing on, uh, on the, uh, the man that was born blind. And those, those Pharisees came to Jesus and said, Who sinned? That this, his parents? What did his, what did his parents do that this man was born that way? Well, the answer to that was, we don't know the specifics, but we know the answer was that God would be glorified. And so I can't sit here this morning and tell you every detail about what happened in your life and things that you don't understand and when you were done wrong and, and, and when life proved to be unfair and, and when all these... But I can tell you this. God permitted it so that He would be glorified. And the greatest thing we can do is glorify God. The greatest thing we can do, this main of main characters, God is to stay close to Him and to trust Him and know that He knows best so that we'll come on the other side saying, even in the valley, God is good. God is supreme. God is on the throne. God has your best interest at heart. Trust Him this morning. Maybe some of us suffer because of poor choices. Don't blame God for that, right? I mean, there's many times that, that I think of stupid things that I've done. Let's, let's stop the insanity. Don't keep making the same poor choices. And don't give the devil that much credit. I just was stupid and did something stupid. You know, that's, that's not God. It's not the devil. i got to own up to that. We, re, we reap what we sow. But the good news is God is faithful. And he gives second chances. Where would we be if God didn't give second chances? Trust him this morning. Job was a righteous man that was blessed by God. Job had his faith. He lost everything else. But the devil can't take your faith away. Stoney and I were talking about that this morning. I think about my precious grandmother Canarney. She had Alzheimer's for over 10 years. And uh, there were times that she would get so restless. And, um, and she would just constantly repeat, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me. Didn't know who I was. Didn't know who my dad was. Didn't know who my mom, and often would curse us. Never would have said those things and treated us that way. She was the most kind. She hated it when dad would give me and Wayne a whipping. Notice I said me and Wayne. I don't think Lisa ever got one. <laughs> but we deserved it. She would always say, y'all will tell your daddy when he gets home. Uh-uh. Grandmother Canarney wouldn't do that. She wouldn't want to see us get a whooping, you know. Most kind, loving, she was tough as nails. What, wasn't even five feet tall. How, how many brothers did she have, Dad? Seven brothers. Man, she was tough. And uh, Wayne was doing push-ups one day, and, and uh, she was, ha-ha, Wayne, you know, laughing at Wayne, you know, thank you, tough boy. And, well, Grandmother, let me see you get down there and do push-ups. She got down in the floor, and, Miss, and Grandmother Canarney did push-ups. And, uh, and, and she, uh, you know, she, she told, uh, I think, I think um, uh, Wayne, Wayne told her to, uh, to hit, hit her as hard as she could. Man, she balled that fist up and hit his arm, and, and, uh, and, and he's probably still hurting today. Feels like he had a COVID shot in his arm, you know. Um, but, she, but, but, but she was a believer. She knew the Lord. She lost her mind. She, didn't, she wasn't able to, to know who everybody was or even where she was at. When it was getting bad, um, the state trooper brought her home and said she was walking down 178 and said she was going home. And so we, we knew we had to do something. But in those final days, you know, she never lost her faith. And so mom would play hymns, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is Mine. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Amazing grace, how sweet this bless. I mean, all, all these great hymns of the faith and 
and, and, and if she would, and I told Stoney this, if she was restless, hearing those hymns would just calm her down. Why? Because the Holy Spirit of God never left her. You remember the Lord is our shepherd, and he will guide us and protect us and be with us all the way. And so there, there my grandmother, and then we would open the word of God, and we would share scripture. And it's amazing the calm that would come over her. She didn't even know where she was or who was speaking to her. But there's power in the Word of God. And so maybe there's things that, that we don't understand. Why, Lord? Why? Well, there's main characters in our life. Let's make sure that God is the most important. Let's make sure that we spend time with the Lord and that we pray. We don't understand. It's okay to ask questions, but let's keep on believing. Because there is a, a, a main character in our life called Satan. And his purposes are not good. He wants to attack you, cause you to trip up and fall and stumble. He wants to destroy you. But here's the thing. He's on a leash. And our God is in control. That's why we need to stay close to the Lord. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you this morning. And we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for the truth that we've seen. That you are sovereign and in control. God, I pray as we think about Job, I pray that, that it could be said of us that we are godly and that we worship you. And Lord, that whenever things don't make sense and when hardships come, God, I pray that we will praise and worship you. We'll, like Job, say, Blessed be the name of the Lord and not charge you with wrongdoing, but God, to trust you. And this morning, Lord, I pray that you'll have freedom in our hearts, that we'll receive what you have for us. God, that maybe this morning someone would come and trust you. Someone would come and pray. Maybe at this altar and we just pray. God, that we would trust you. God, that you would give us strength and victory. Whatever we need to do this morning, I pray that we'll respond in obedience in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand together? As Donna leads us in the hymn of invitation, now's the time. Would you respond? God is faithful. He's here this morning. Let's trust Him and let's call on Him this morning. Whatever we need to do, let's do it this morning. Lead this place with peace and joy in our hearts. Donna, if you'll lead us. I just want to share with you that um, when I think about those final days of my grandmother Canarney, when she breathed her last, she was in the presence of Jesus, no longer confused anymore. And you talk about perfection. And I'm grateful for that hope. That's the hope that we have in Jesus. And so I want to encourage you right now, that victory, that hope comes through the Lord Jesus Christ. You got your faith? That's the greatest thing you've got. Let's grow our faith. Let's trust God more. And I encourage you to come.
There'll be no more singing. Whatever God wants to do, let Him do it this morning. I encourage you to come. Thank you so much for being here today and I pray that your heart has been touched and you've been encouraged today by the truth of God's word and I pray you have a wonderful afternoon and I encourage you to come back tonight love to have you uh, be back with us this evening and, and also of course Wednesday night we gather together Wednesday night seven o'clock and a place for everybody and, and I just pray that you know as we think about Job I pray that we'll be encouraged that you know God's sovereign and God is in control and I pray that's, that right there is a comfort that maybe throughout this week that you'll meditate on. Maybe go home this afternoon or throughout this week and just kind of read through Job 1 again. Be reminded of, of, of how great our God is and how good our God is. He, he indeed is faithful. But I encourage you to come back tonight. And um, Donna, if you would, if you'd close us. God bless.